Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 6. Here's Pastor Ryan. Don't be in bondage. Don't Like the Bible says, don't give your strength to women. Don't be in bondage to your idea of a relationship that you want. So it can work both ways. I mean, a man, sisters, don't, 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 you know. But it was like the Lord was teaching me. I'm, I'm, I'm your king now. I don't want you to be in bondage to anybody. When I bring you a wife, it, you're not going to be in bondage. You, in other words, it'll, you'll have peace because the wisdom of God is, is willing to yield. It's peaceable. You'll have peace. And, 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 and he was teaching me, don't give your strength to one. Don't, don't, God's too cool for you to, you know, be all into that sister at the time. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to chase anybody. God will do it. That's what he taught me. Because who you present yourself to, to, to be a slave to, that's who you will become a slave to. And God, you know, was able to teach me that. And people in that, in that Bible group would recognize that I was that kind of young man, that I wasn't going to play the games like everybody did. Not everybody, but some of them. And mind you, I was early in my walk, and there were Christians saying, Let's, we're going to go to the club to go dance. Ah, we won't drink, we're just going to go dance. And I, because I'm a new believer, I'm like, doi, 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 doi. And I go, and it's just like bringing back the old and the Lord was teaching me you know you don't need this anymore as if I cannot bring you a wife and I remember my pastor telling me at the time you know Ryan just trust in the Lord keep serving him like you are and he will bring you a helpmate that's right there alongside you spiritually she won't be too lagging behind or too ahead of you she'll be right there with you and sure enough within six months I married my wife because I let it all go. I'm not going to be in bondage to anybody, but I'm going to give my life to God. So when she met me, she met a guy who wasn't easily persuaded anymore to let things, and some people are in bondage to family and friends. Oh, I have to. It's tradition. It's this or that or the other. Listen, God is the primary. Don't place yourself under authority above Christ. You know what I mean? Christ is the head. Christ is, is who we want to present our members to, our bodies to. And uh, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Thanks be to God, right? You believe that form of doctrine, right? It, one day we were this way, one way, but then we heard the words of Christ. 
We saw his life in, in, in preaching of the word. We, we learned about Jesus. What did we learn? That we can change. So we were slaves of unrighteousness, but then we learned we can be different if we want to. That's the doctrine of salvation. The doctrine of Christianity is that no matter where you come from, no matter what your background, no matter what has happened to you or what you have done to others, no matter how grave the sin, you can change. That's Christianity. And we see it throughout the Gospels. The, the doctrine of salvation is everywhere. In Matthew 9, remember the woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. She thought to herself, if I can just get through the crowds and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She spent all her money on doctors, couldn't be made clean. She couldn't go to the temple because she had a constant menstrual thing going. She was bleeding. She touched his hem and she was healed. And Jesus turned around and he said to her, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. He said to her, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. That's the gospel. Jesus says to us when we believe in him, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. But I have been through hell, Lord. PTSD, guns in my face, violence, crazy stuff. Be of good cheer, son. Your faith has made you well. That's what the gospel is. In Luke 7 with the sinful woman, the whole town knew she was a sinful woman. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Remember what he said to, to the Simon the Pharisee at the house that he was there where she came to him? Her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. God will take anybody. He loves the whole world. He'll take any of us. And if we come to him, he will by no means cast us out, but rather heal us and forgive us. And, you know, we can talk all day of all the Healing the the doctrine of the of the gospel uh, heals and and changes people. That's what it does. But God, but but God, be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. And so here, Paul says, and having been set free from sin, that's doctrinal truth. Don't let any Christian convince you they're not free from their, the, the sins that they want to continue doing. They are free if they want to be. You became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. So here Paul says, you know, he's, he's, he uses the term slave in human terms, but it's not a, a very proper uh, term in reference to a Christian. Because we're no longer slaves. 
But he's saying here that I'm just saying this because of the weakness of, of your flesh. I'm, I'm saying this in human terms so that you can understand what God is talking about here. He's saying, look at the contrast. As you were mastered by your sin before like a slave, now be like a slave unto works of righteousness unto the Lord. But it's, it's, it's not the proper term for you and I because we're not slaves, we're children. Amen? Galatians 4, verse 7 says, Therefore you are now no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. He is the father of the fatherless. When we put our faith in him, we are no longer slaves. We were slaves. We've been emancipated from the power of sin, from the, from the penalty of sin, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. We're not slaves. But he's saying this in contrast. We were slaves to sin. We were mastered by our own sinful natures. What did, how did we live before? To the good citizens that don't have big rap sheets, and, but they just maybe too sophisticated to believe in God. What, what was their big thing? They didn't believe in God. They may not have a rap sheet, but they didn't believe in God. That's, that's, the, that's, a, that's a terrible sin. That's no more. In Christ, that is no more. Or um, for those of us who, who it was plain to see that we were completely lost, every day we spent time and energy and money to go do our sin, whatever that might be. It may be as a, a hobby of playing basketball, which I love hobbies can become our God but people put so much effort into their things think about the, the party life how the, 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 the girls go and they, they, they get their nails done their hair done the clothing to go out and, and hook up or party and the guys do the same hopefully not get their nails done and stuff but <laughs> you know but they want the nice gear and they want the nice ride and they want and they do they do they, they, they mark their calendars. When are we going to the club? What are we going to do? Or what trip we're going to take? And what, everything is set up. There's going to be booze. There's going to be cagers. There's going to be alcohol. There's, gonna be, there's a lot of planning into living our own lives aside from God. There's a lot of planning. And so now that we belong to Christ, we should plan what to do with our lives for righteousness' sake how we can serve the kingdom of God every day. We should wake up saying, how can I serve the Lord today? How, how do I use my, my, my time, my money, my strength to, to really serve the Lord? And that's what Paul is saying here. That You know, um, if we lived for ourselves at 100%, shouldn't we live for Jesus Christ now at 200%? I remember my pastor telling me that when I when I first met him, you know, he was saying, you know, all what you did for your gang, now do it harder for the Lord. And so that's what God is saying here. So now present your members as slaves of, of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have? then in the things of which you are now ashamed. Right? The, the old life, there was no fruit of righteousness in that. It's just sin. 
For the end of those things is death, and that is the end of, of sin. It causes death. It causes death, even as Christians, right? Like when, you know, hopefully we're not practicing sin, but, you know, you ever blow your witness with temper or whatever? We still sin. And we kind of know instinctively by the Spirit that the Spirit has been quenched. That the Spirit of God who dwells in us yearns jealousy has been quenched. Not good. Can't really sense him in those moments too good. So we say, Lord, forgive us. Forgive me. I'm sorry for my attitude. I blew it. And then what happens? Instantly. Just re times of refreshment. And, and you sense his forgiveness and it's all good and we move forward. But even as believers, we sense just a little, our spiritual senses get dull because we're not, we're not repenting of these little sins that we're doing, you know. God forbid the practicing of them, it's just terrible. But um, sin brings death. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. It's like leprosy. It starts off with a, as a red little patch and then it just takes over. It takes over. And so many people have dabbled here or there. We, we cannot be deceived. We cannot be deceived by ourselves. Don't deceive yourselves, the Bible says. Don't you know? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. We just got to stay away from those things that cause us to stumble, the things that cause our minds to go to places that they ought not, which Paul talks about in, in chapter 7 next Sunday. We'll, we'll hit on that. It's a mind game most of the time. It's a mind game. But we have the mind of Christ. And throughout Romans, he's just saying, you, you know, don't let this happen. Don't let this happen. It's all free will. You don't let it happen. And it's not like God saves us and then he just doesn't let us make choices anymore. We are responsible. And so, but now, verse 22, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That is, that is a, a, a beautiful word. Sin leads to death, as I said. In, in James' epistle, chapter 1, verse 13 through 16, he says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then when desire has, con has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. In other words, when sin is full grown, it ends up killing you. It ends up killing you. And then James goes on to say, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. It's not enough just to love Jesus. We must hate sin. 
we must hate evil and wickedness. And it, it has to be a conscious decision. I will love what God loves and I will hate what God hates. God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. So that's why we stay as far away from the things that can make us stumble. From sin, we stay far away from it. And we draw close to God. And the only way we can put our, our bodies in check is by spending time with the Lord. I don't know what it is. The longer I walk with God, it's been 22 years now. I'm, I'm, I am probably more aware of my own sinfulness than I ever have. I am more aware. And I think as we get closer to the Lord, and we learn to be close to Him, there's a healthy self-awareness. There's a health, that the examination that Paul talks about examining yourself, it's going to the Lord in prayer. So long, so quality time with the Lord. What is prayer anyway? But, but it's like an examination with our loving doctor where he exposes, he cracks open our heart and our mind in that prayer time and, he, and, and the, oh Lord, and he shows you your own sin. And it causes us to say, Jesus, take it, take it, take it from me. And you, you are honest with, with the attacks of the mind, the attacks of the flesh. I know no other way in Christianity than to spend that time with the Lord. He makes us holy. He cleans us. He washes us. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins as we confess them to Him. And so, yet that takes time. I think we can become sick and like, you know, self-poisoning when, we, when we're not confessing to the Lord our, our lives. Psalm 46, 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Go away to your backyard. Go to a park. Go on a hiking trail. Go to a Joshua tree. Go to Whitewater. Go to the beach. Go somewhere where there's no people and give him the time. And when you come back from that, you're not going to allow your mind to go where it ought not. You're not going to allow your, your, your words to be what they ought not. And it is in that prayer life that the Holy Spirit is transforming us to be more like Jesus Christ. And we come back completely different. And it, it's a regular thing that we do. It's the sanctification, which Romans is all, it's talking about, chapter 6, 7, and 8, sanctification. I needed it. I went to Joshua Tree yesterday. I climbed up on some rock and I sat with the Lord and it was uncomfortable for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. My spiritual senses were so weak that I was uncomfortable for 20 minutes hearing my heart beat, being alone 
I recognize I'm, I'm not healthy. I'm healthy now, <laughs> but I wasn't. When you get before him, you see, it, we're all naked before him. And you're like, oh, this is what I miss. This is who we are. Yes, Peter, they're looking for you. And they couldn't find him, and he's out praying in some secluded spot. Just praying to the Father. That's who we are. Our prayer should be, am I, am I yielded to you like I need to be? Am I, I was sitting there weeping about things of my childhood. I thanked him that I was uh, skateboarding when I was 12 and I, you saw Pastor Andre last week. When I met him, I was skateboarding. I was like the only kid skating in Almani because they beat you up for trying to be white. <laughs> That's what they said. That's what they would do. That's where I come from. And, uh, but I was thanking the Lord that it distracted me as a young kid so that I didn't, you know, um, deal with the weight of the abuse I was going through back then. So I could take my skateboard and skateboard for like all day. But you just start opening up to the Lord. It's Jesus therapy. Yeah, you start telling them your problems. You start telling them what you're going through. You start telling them what's missing, what your needs are. And it's, it's a good cry. It's a good just letting it out, you know. And then you come back ready to go ready to go and that's free of charge it's free i think i think i paid actually the when i went into the park <laughs> but it's free you know what i mean but that's christianity that's why there's no power in churches today because the pastors don't want to do that and the christians don't want to do that but that is our heritage and we're no longer slaves we are children, and if children, then heirs of Christ. We do what our Lord does, or Christianity does not work. If, if we just go and thank you for our, our grub, quick little devo, move on, we're the same. Change, change is really slow. But when we go and we spend time with them, we become more like Jesus really quick, real quick. God can do in one day what, takes, what it takes man 30 years to do. Amen. And, you know, because it is, the Christianity is a, it's a, it's, it's, I just can't believe he changes people. That's what I'm trying, I'm trying to, I, I can't believe that you would choose us to represent you who are so awesome. It just is mind-boggling. So we have to remember that he chose the foolish things, the despised things, the weak things. And so I'm sitting there, a fatherless guy, underneath a crevice somewhere up there. And, and I'm like, I can't, do, I can't do Christianity. I need you. And God was like, yeah, awesome. Go get him. I called you. I, you know, that's what we need so that we're not weak. That's why Jesus said, 
or Luke said about Jesus that he taught a parable that all men should pray and not what? Lose heart. I'm not going to, I don't want to be in bondage of depression, of anxiety, of worry, of losing heart. Because that's not Christianity. I think Christianity is stronger than my depression. I think it's stronger than my anxiousness. I think it's stronger than those things. And I think that we're, we, we, we can't overcome a lot of the things that we go through because we're not willing to pray like we need to. Peter, James, and John fell asleep at the Garden of Gethsemane. And what did Jesus say? He said, can you not watch one hour? One hour? You, not one hour? I'm over there. And it's like, 20, where's my phone? Like, like everybody today, where's my phone? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.